0: Welcome, everybody, to Generation Speaking. This is Season 3, Episode 10. Did not even look down at the paper. You're a pro. I know. My name is Brad. I'm lead pastor and resident boomer here. To my right here is Jordan Chitwood, our re- one of our resident—I I can't say resident—one of our millennial you know, staff members, because there's like a gajillion of you guys.
1: Are you crossing your legs?
0: <laughs> if you're— <laughs> Are you going to tell him? No. All right.
1: (laughs) No, every time Brad messes up the intro, he always laughs. And so, you know, Brad's getting at that age. You know, our resident boomer over here, he uses the restroom like 15 times every hour. Yep. And so because of that, I put in the intro that Brad is going to squeeze his legs so that he doesn't. Pee his pants tonight. <laughs> yes. Um, because there's a good chance that happens. But hey, thank you so much for joining us tonight for episode 10. We are talking about the question that really has kind of been on our hearts as a staff. Um Throughout our margin series, but then for the last year is how do people define success? That's
0: where you came up with I was going to yeah, ask yeah, you yeah, how yeah. you came up with this question because I thought it was a little unusual.
1: Yeah, really from just Trevor Sermon when we were t- he was talking about priorities. And, and we, have, about, and
0: we asked everybody about how do you define success. Yes, yes. yep. And it's then all you, coming full circle for me now. And you and
1: Bruce asked the question, how do you define success? Yeah. And so I was processing it because I've been thinking about that question a lot, especially since now that I have a kid right. of my own. Um, and even just, not just like... How I define success, but what matters most to me, I think, is another way of looking at it. It,
0: Yeah. yeah. For some people, that probably would be a little more clarifying.
1: Right. So what matters most to me? And so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to Brad and I are both going to share tonight kind of our personal thoughts on how we define success. Then we're going to look at some generational data. Um, Some data for how parents are also viewing um, just success from Forbes in 2016. That was the most recent source I could find. Uh, Then we're going to talk about what God says and answer any of your questions in the chat. But to get us started, let us know in the chat, how do you define success? Okay. Comment down below in the chat if you feel comfortable and then...
0: And don't give us a Sunday school answer.
1: Yep. Don't give us because actually how Brad and myself are going to (laughs) answer, we're going to answer for us... The non-Christian way that we would answer, yep. or the non-pastoral way, yep. and then we'll also provide kind of our, our Christian and pastoral side of things as well. But yeah. do you want to go first, or do you want me to go uh, first? Uh, you go. Okay. So the way I define success is I was really thinking about this from a non-Christian standpoint standpoint of view. Really, the three things that matter to me are uh, if my family and I are happy, healthy, and I can pay my bills. Yeah. I've I've never really come from a like a wealthy family. My parents you know we so i never really had a lot of possessions materialistic things my parents always you know bought a used car we never had new cars so even having nice things like that doesn't bother me mm-hmm. what really mattered most to me is just is really family time being happy right. and being able to pay my bills so what about you? What's your non pastoral answer? Well,
0: and I actually wrote down the question: of, Is that now or or previously? Oh, because it's you know, changed. I've, yeah, yeah. I've lived a lot longer than you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think some of that will come out out below. Yeah. You know, so you know, I think my my non pastor is it's kind of the same thing. It's just you know, a, a kind of a happiness type of thing. You know, am I oh, okay? Am I, yeah, yeah. I? And for me, I think it's more: Am I comfortable? Oh. And that can actually be a problem. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean,
1: I think a lot of people can relate to that.
0: I, I think so too. Yeah. So, I, and I think that comes back that's to actually it,
1: really good. I the, never thought about it like the, that. The
0: generational thing is, you know, because that's what we grew up is is sure. a comfortable thing. So sure. anyway, yeah. But well, well talk-
1: and you came from out of the generation of like where nothing was like consistent, and it was you got the wars, you've got the financial crisis, the economy crisis, and so.
0: Yeah, uh, you don't think that played a role in uh, wanting to pursue possibility? Yeah, but, but it's much broader than that because okay. we I would say that we went through in my generation a lot of ups and downs. I mean, there were some very good times, there were some very oh, bad times, yeah, there yeah. were some very good times. Sure. Um but I think the the emphasis always was, you know, the American dream, which we're going to talk about yeah, in, yeah, though, yeah. in a little bit. So, yeah. So your uh, your pastoral answer?
1: My pastoral answer, and I was thinking about this today on my way into work. Um, it's been an emotionally exhaustive week just for me. And I was really just thinking, like, the
0: only it's thing... It's only that
1: Wednesday. You know. <laughs> I know. I decided to release a stinking book on D-Now week, and so I've just been emotionally exhausted.
0: I but, get mine today, by the way. Did you? Yeah, it hasn't been yet. It, I mean, it's supposed to be delivered Is it supposed to
1: come at the same time as your couch? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Usher, how about... How about let's actually wait for the pastoral answers because we've got six com- five comments. Yeah, to read. Let's, let's go. Then we'll do some our list. pastoral comments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Susan Key says that part of the way she defines success is to accomplish a goal. Um, like you see success yeah. in just the different achievements. And whatnot? Have you been like a like in your life, are you a goal person? I am not. Oh, really? No. Like, have you never been?
0: No. Um, and I think part of that is just a personality thing. I my guess okay. is that Susan is probably a high in a disc profile, a high C. Sure. Which you know, she, yeah, she. I, I, would, know, have, I mean, would assume so. You know, I would say, let's Trevor. Trevor, do you? What would you say to that for yourself? Have I ever set a goal? Yeah, a com- <laughs> is is part of success accomplishing a goal? See, exactly. Trevor and said see, he's never seen a, a very, in his life. Trevor's <laughs> a very high eye, very relational person, as yeah. am I, and it's just not the way we operate. Yeah. You know, so, so accomplishing so a, a goal. So a C person, and I, I, now, would I won't be say we don't ever, Exactly. So I would say. oriented. So see, some of this is going to be yeah. compared to what your personality type is, too. Sure. And how you're wired. Yep.
1: Kevin Saylor says, being able to take care of yourself, pay your bills, and be happy in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of how I answered mine, and then you even answered a little bit with comfortability. Right. Michaela said, unfortunately, without Jesus, I think a lot of my success is defined by other people, their expectations, oh, wow. and
0: their opinions. Yes. That's that's a great observation. Yep. And, and I think... And just understanding that and knowing that that's, you know, is huge. I think
1: that's a lot with, and that's where mental health plays a role in it, too, hmm. is that especially these younger generations or the next generations, millennial, Gen Z, and then after doing things for to, other people. To me, room. this
0: is where it gets fascinating. Mm-hmm. Because as I read through some of the notes and things like that and started thinking about it, there is a lot of generationally difference, differences yeah. in when it comes to this.
1: Yes, and uh, actually what's what's really fascinating is a lot of that started to <laughs> shift from Gen X. Yeah. Um, and then... Millennials actually related more to boomers than millennials rated to Gen X when really? it came to Yeah, it was fascinating. Gen X pretty much when I was looking at the data, nine out of ten of them are in a lot of debt. And so for them, success was defined as being able to pay off your debt. Wow. Which was really fascinating.
0: I, so- uh, Susan Keyes said, "I never used to set goals that way. I couldn't fail. Oh, that's
1: big. That's another big one for you know of of the fear of being bold, or even yeah. can go with the comfortability of living. I'm just going to live a safe life." Uh, Chelsea Terry says, "Getting through each day at peace. Yeah, yep.
0: Uh, I want and that, that one, and that's coming from someone who just had a baby. Yes, <laughs> and so it's just that can I get through this She's got day? <laughs>
1: four kids in the house, including Josh. Wow, <laughs> and so." <laughs> Uh, Okay, so now let's share our pastoral response. Yeah, Like I was saying, today when I was thinking about this, it's been an exhausting week, and we've got an exhausting weekend coming up, and I was thinking really the only thing that matters to me most is that people know Jesus and know the love of Jesus. Yeah. Like, I think if I have the privilege of living a long, healthy life, and I get to the end of my life, kind of like how Billy Graham did, and we talked about in this margin series— excuse me, Billy Graham kind of just reflected on his life. Mm-hmm. And if I'm sitting in my little sofa with two <laughs> days left to live, just thinking back to anything I would do differently, I really hope that everything I'm doing now and the way I'm living, the way I'm loving, the way I'm teaching, writing, you know, sharing, serving is going to point people to Jesus. Yeah. So that's yeah. my response for success. Yeah. And I love
0: that for you because you're so young and doing that, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I look at, you know, even all, uh, you know, Trevor and you, and and even our younger staff and things, is is that you guys are so much farther ahead than what like myself ever ever was in that. Mm. And I just, you know, the impact that you guys can make over a long period of time. Sure. it's just like saving money over a long period of time; it just compounds. There but yeah, it's just really cool stuff. And my answer is kind of the same same way. And I, I kind of answered this two ways: There's one for myself, and I just wrote down here, seeing and trusting Jesus for who He actually is. And part of that comes from actually a, de- a deconstruction of faith yeah, yeah. and rebuilding which faith which we had talked about i think it, in episode it, 6 exactly. hashtag you know, ad. I mean, you know, <laughs> knowing and understanding more and more of, yeah, of who yeah. Jesus really was and then the same thing is just, you know, i love being able to help people see Jesus maybe for the first time and or in a different way yep. that impacts their lives and they center their lives on on him and yep. and to me that's that. that's that's success.
1: It's really cool when you see someone who you've been walking with for a while and even if they're even if at the beginning of the journey that you walked with them and they've um, already had a relationship with Christ, as they mature, yes. how their view of success or what matters most changes. And, yeah,
0: and, and, and they get more and more surrendered. It's just, it's that is unbelievable. Exactly. And light bulbs keep coming on. Exactly. And, oh, about this and this and this. And that's really cool. Brad yeah.
1: Steenport said, sorry I was late. I had to find my red hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite human beings.
0: You know why he says that? No. Because we have a tendency to dress alike. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like the last two or three, the last two that's times hilarious. we've been at church, we've worn almost the same shirt. <laughs> so that's what he was doing. Yeah.
1: That's great. He's a funny, funny guy. Yep. Well, hey, Brad, how about you walk us through some of the generational data? Uh, it's yeah. not like statistical data. It's just some things that I found fascinating when I was researching for the different generations, and then you know, chime in as well for you know your generation, some things you see.
0: Yeah. Boomers viewed success under the one two three four model. Did you did you know? I, like, I did not.
1: Does it make sense? Well, yeah. Okay. So and why don't you show it, what it, that is model it, is? Is this
0: supposed to be in order? What do you mean? You, the number one thing is the number one thing. The second thing. One two three four. It's
1: it's it's like one that two this okay. three that yeah right. yeah. So, yeah. Just so
0: the first number one would be spouse. Number two children. Number three room flat, which I'm assuming is house. Yep. Okay. Um, and then four is wheels cars. Yep. Focused on the American dream and retirement. Yep. And and I wouldn't necessarily agree for myself with one, two, in that order, mm-hmm. but I would agree with every one of those.
1: No, 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 no. I think you misheard me. Okay. They were saying their view of success is that they only have one spouse, so oh. they have two children, a three-room flat, and a four-wheel drive. Oh. <laughs> So that it was just the one two three four model, and I didn't know if that was true or not. It was just something I found fascinating. Was yeah? Is it really that?
0: Yes, it is. Because we had yeah, that's very accurate.
1: Is it really okay? Yeah. Because I thought it, I thought it was fascinating that you know. That was the idea, and then it goes on to say that they what? focus a lot on the American dream. Well, and
0: you think about this you know, I mean, the average age when we got married, I mean, if you were 22 years old, not married, mm-hmm. you made you were doomed.
1: You were ta- we were talking about that when we were talking about divorce, marriage, yeah. and relationships. You, you were doomed, where now it's 28 to 33. You know, if you got average if, marriage you, if you
0: got if you got to 28 or 29, you were a spinster. I mean, you you that's, were not getting married. I mean, that's just the way that's it was, you know. Yeah.
1: Uh, Trevor shared in the chat his pastoral goal is to help teens have real experiences with God. I think if teens have real experiences, even if they walk away, they'll know where to turn. That's awesome, and that's something he shares like every year, with especially like as he. Um, he's kicking off the year with his leaders and whatnot for another small group session. Yeah, that's been him consistent for the last decade. Is that that's what matters most to him? So that's you know, been and, really and that, cool.
0: And that's the cool thing is, is it, it, in this is understanding generations of things. Yep. It's so crucial so that you know how to deal with them and prepare them. Yep. You know, and I think that's that's brilliant. So yep.
1: Michaela wanted to let us know that she is zero for four with the boomer model. <laughs> He does not have one spouse, two children, three-room flat, or a four-wheel drive. Yeah,
0: well, there you go. There you go.
1: Um. Oh, here was another thing that was fascinating. Boomers were more retirement-focused. Um, Do you see that as being true? Like, focusing on, like, from, saving from, and what? From the, from be-
0: the-, from the very beginning, mm-hmm. I— um,
1: from like a financial standpoint, not you because you're not the average boomer when it comes I, I to your am money. Not,
0: I am not the average boomer <laughs> when it comes to my money, but, but 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 I'm sure interested in it now. Yeah, <laughs> but retired, I would say yes. I get up to I it. I think that is the case. Is it? Yeah, and I think probably when they did the survey, when they're talking to boomers, because they are still older, mm-hmm. even when they did the survey. Yeah, well, this they, was back they, in
1: 2016. They
0: probably answered, "Yeah, we are concerned about retirement even now." Sure. And sure. And they would they would have been. So sure. yes.
1: All right, let's move on. So like, we already Gen- talked a little bit about Gen X. Gen X, when I was looking up the data, is the biggest thing that meant the most to them for, for defining success was that they could get out of debt. Really? Because 9 out of 10 Gen Xers are in debt.
0: Yeah. And you know what's interesting? Two things about that is that, um, and we've talked about this before also, is that like when I graduated high school in 1977, okay? And I would say about half of my classmates went to college. Okay. Or university or whatever you want to call it that. maybe may, It might be a little bit more. I'm just taking a random stab. But sure. not everybody sure. went to college, okay? And colleges, if, as I recall, was, were $5,000 yeah, a okay. year or something at that point.
1: Yeah, like our community colleges now.
0: <laughs> you moved to Gen X, who it got to the point that college yep. degree was everything. Yep. You had to go to college. And, and it that's was probably, part
1: of what they were talking about. They had a 70% they said for most schools, seventy percent of Gen Xers went to school.
0: Uh, see, I thought it would be higher than that. It, it could be. So my, it, you know, my guess just is that, that the then, one if chart. that's the case, then I bet Boomers were even lower, lower than that. Lower than that. You know, with lower than fifty percent.
1: Yeah, it very well could have been a lot more than seventy percent. Either way, because Either way, of the but, school. But
0: here, you know, you look at that. Gener- that's what I'm saying. The generation thing in this is so huge because yep. it's, it was just, it's changed from generation to generation. Yep. School was a lot more expensive for Gen Xers. Yep. And now, then we go to the Millennials. You guys are you guys.
1: Even more expensive. Are screwed. Yeah.
0: Let's just put it that way. Yep. You know, because yep. everybody goes to school no matter what. Yep. And a lot of people, you know, going to with degrees that I would say, you know, how many jobs are out there in those degrees. Right.
1: Well, not just that, but then you've like so many jobs that are more, you know, specialized require master's level experience. Or yeah. So then you're going and, to school. And,
0: for and so now you're you're six figures in debt. Right. And you get out and have get a job that's $30,000. Yep.
1: <laughs> yes. because you want that specialized degree yeah. for the specialized job paying a hundred thousand dollars in debt it's, and you're only gonna make forty thousand dollars as a it's insane designer. yeah yeah so uh, anyway. susan Key said gen x raised on greed is good lots of excess stuff equals success yeah so w- so would they like be like the hoarder generation or, do you think I, uh, I don't i don't know what i just don't know what you mean by like lots of excess i don't know either so susan share if that's kind of what you meant like hoarding things or, or always well, wanting the next big thing or pro- something like that. Probably
0: the the newest, greatest, biggest thing. Right. Because I would say some some boomers would you know, I mean, they stayed at their jobs forever. They lived in the same house forever. Yeah. Again, yeah, I yeah. was not one of those people. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah.
1: Gotcha. So millennials here here's what was interesting to me. And so millennials view success and we've already talked about this as having a job that had some meaning—not yep. just paid the bills, but right. there was purpose in your job. Right. There was flexibility, and this went with like along of flexible hours, remote working, and this was back in 2016. Right. Before so you
0: can imagine what it is now. Right.
1: Um, with remote work, but then also the opportunities to work in their passions, which again come with the meaning. And then one thing that I found fascinating was opposed to focusing on retirement and putting away savings, 401k millennials are more now focused right so short-term success or short-term pleasure and then you know what if i worked at this job for a year year and a half and i get tired of it i'm gonna move on
0: you see and, and again that is so opposite of what right. what my generation would have been you know it was right. it, it, but i mean we would stay at a job the thought was i'm gonna stay at this job for 30 years i'm gonna retire from it i've got a pension yep and here's the difference is those pensions don't exist anymore mm. and you even think about social yep. security you know, I and mean, that's, the yeah, chances the, of you guys having social security, who right. knows what's going to, what's going to happen. Right. So hey, put so in the a chat, it's a different idea.
1: Absolutely. Put in the chat, how many jobs, whether you're a Gen Z, a millennial, Gen X boomer, if you're in the chat watching with us now, how many jobs have you had And in that you would call like a, a, either a career or if you are more Gen Z, like even a part-time job, put in the chat, how many jobs, because I would just be interested it to, would see. Be interesting to see, um, because so I worked at Pizza Hut oh, and yeah. then I worked at Bonzo's Fun House and Anderson, (laughs) I remember that. And then Anderson University Science Department. I worked those two jobs, but then really my, but those were all part-time jobs. I'll pay the bills. I've been at Crossbridge for a little over three years, so this is my one career that I've had. Yeah. But I know that's not the case for you know a lot of viewers. Trevor's had one job after college, which again he landed the jackpot because you know Crossbridge is pretty you know lenient on his you know (laughs) on him. (laughs) It is fascinating, though, that we've had a youth pastor for twelve years. It, it is, and,
0: <laughs> and and part of it is we're all skewed because we're in ministry because right. it's a little it's a little different scenario than right. what I think the the average person in, having a real job because yeah. we don't have real jobs. Yeah, we just you know. we get
1: to like hang out with kids. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't. No, no, I try Susan not to works. hang out with kids. Uh, Susan Key says two after college. Is, Susan, are you you're Gen you're young Gen X, right? She's young Gen X. I don't like, know. Four,
0: like, I I'm not going to ask her how old she is. Yeah.
1: I, so I refuse. <laughs> my friend Devin, who graduated in my class, has had five jobs, and which are, again makes sense. And,
0: and what you can cons- say again, are those jobs of of not just part time to get by in his actual field or what? Right, yeah. yeah, I
1: think that I think so. He so he's in the Air Force. So, uh, yeah, Devin, just let me know in the chat. Um, Kevin Saylor says two career type jobs and then a few part time jobs sprinkled in. Ryan Robinson, two different jobs since 97, 18 years at current jobs. So that's, I mean, Ryan Robinson, I yeah. think, is a, another younger uh, Gen X. Jenna Biendorf, detasseling summer job, dog kennel, <laughs> six years. Menards, two years. Dog kennel, six years. Life Touch, call center, one year. Epson, almost a year. LabCorp, one year so far. So even really in that, I mean, since I've known you, Jenna, were you working at Menards the last? See, the other thing is, years, that's interesting
0: is, and, and, and maybe this is going into Gen Z too, is I, I've always been amazed at how little people work through high school. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I we every, now there's I no had, time for it. I mean, we people. we when we hit 16, we were driving to our yep jobs.
1: That's what. As soon as I turned 15 and a half, and pizza allowed, yeah. and you were a rare one. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I Nowadays, mean, it's so rare because. You're in sports year round, right? You're in hobbies year round, yeah. Um, and there are still a lot of students that I know once they get to senior, junior, and college becomes a little bit more on their minds of paying for that. Then they start uh, having those jobs. Michaela says I haven't started a career yet, but I would definitely say that my perception going in is that I will have a handful of jobs over my lifetime. Yeah, 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 and that's that is something that is very common for the younger generations, and that's part of the then focused versus now focused and whatnot. Right. So for Gen Z, I actually didn't do any research. I just <laughs> asked our youth pastor, the uh, most qualified person to answer this, because he works with Gen Z. Um, how does he, and this is kind of something he's been thinking about and we've been, you know, what our margin series was about is right. how do Gen Z view success? The younger generation. Trevor said this, and I thought it was really cool. Success on capitalizing on the short-term opportunities, or so just making the most. And so, And so much so that like not feel like not feeling like you can say no to anything Mm -hmm. because you don't want to miss out or you don't want like if you say no to this spring soccer season or this, you know, time with your friends or whatnot, you might not be able to play A, B, C or D whatnot. So that was one of them Uh, taking advantage and again, taking advantage of everything thrown at them. Then, the biggest one it was actually the first thing he said was getting into a great school, like getting into mm. college, even as freshmen like in eighth graders are thinking about that really. If you're thinking like middle school, I think Trev, weren't we talking with our middle schoolers and they were already doing yeah, sixth grader, and they were already doing like um p s a t testing, and you for wonder why the anxiety is through the roof right. Yeah, Trevor just I, I, said we had a 6th grader ask us which college they should go to as a 6th grader. Can we just stop it? Right. I mean, it just doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Devin answered he has had two career jobs, engineer in Air Force, one in high school, still had to pay for stuff, two part-time, didn't last long. So two career jobs, engineering in Air Force and yeah. um, whatnot. Bob Key says five jobs since 1987, which still, that's what, 39 years or 35 years? That's still... Five jobs and thirty-five, that's seven years of job. It's still pretty
0: good. But I think that's starting to show that that even that generation things were starting to break down of you just didn't stay at a a job. Sure. At, you know, 25 25 and out.
1: My grandpa worked at GM for really the majority, I think, the majority of his career. And that's what he got his pension and my my dad my
0: dad had one career. Yeah, I think that was
1: I think that was him. Bob says he's Nineteen in his current job, so nineteen years in his last current job. So four jobs in you know in a twelve year span, and then nineteen in the last one.
0: So moving up and get yeah yeah yeah.
1: Um okay, and so then this was also one that I added for the Gen Z. I think Gen Z also boasts themselves on being inclusive of everything. Yes. People. Yeah. Jobs being open minded and whatnot, and so which is cool. Success is just like saying hey. We're going to break. And here's the interesting thing.
0: And and, um, from what I have read from, I've I've been doing a lot of research or trying to with Barna with Gen Z and what have you. And the pendulum is actually swinging back a little bit where, where millennials were not so focused on material things and what have you where, Gen Z is a little bit more of, of that. Yep. Well, think uh, the material things are a little more important to them than what it was for millennials. You we'll even
1: see the way they dress, the way they, they yes. look, the way they act, the designer stuff is yep. coming back. Yep. The shoes, yeah. Shoes, all of that. For me, like you'll see, you're seeing what I'm dressed in now. Yeah. I've got a sweatshirt. Uh, flat bill hat that's 15 years old, and mm-hmm. jogger pin. Like, I couldn't care less. And my outfits drive you crazy all the time because I'm never matching. You don't match. Right. Drives so, me nuts. I, I only try to match on Sunday mornings. The rest of the time I'll wear orange shoes, red shoes with, you know,
0: uh, I These next two points I think are, are phenomenal.
1: Yeah, how we define success so, for from a parent.
0: Parents often view success through the lens of their children's success. How and- many
1: are – I want you to guess – when I typed in this question yeah. in Google, "How do parents define success?" didn't even mention teen or child. How many articles do you think the headline included th- their
0: child? Children. Uh, I, a lot.
1: Every single one on the front page. Yeah. I I had to go to the next page before I found anything even remotely close to just a parent. And and,
0: and, and uh, this this stat is to me is very very sad. Yep. Um, it, it's something. It, it means that your identity is 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 in the wrong place Mm -hmm. to me now and and there's nothing wrong with wanting your, you know wanting to watch your kids what have you but when right. your whole life evolves around your kids
1: viewing success through the lens of your child
0: Exactly that that my worth is because of what my child either does in grades wise and or sports wise or whatever it is and then you again you wonder why anxiety and mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts and everything is because I'm telling you that your kids can feel that pressure mm-hmm. that they think that if they don't succeed if they don't measure up They are letting you down. Mm
1: -hmm. And I would even say like I think the concept of this extends to just seeing their children being capable of participating gets them excited. Not even like that they have to be an all-star or starter, but just the fact that my kid is on the JV team on the bench. Mm You know, like that that drives them that drives people like so like that success for a parent just because their child was capable of participating in everything or in so many different things. Me and Trevor were talking about this today is that uh, when we were looking at the, uh, you know, specifically just the parents and for this weekend, um, like asking him the question priorities. For your parents and whatnot, one of the things we're going to leave with the children is saying, "Hey, have a conversation with your parent right. about the priorities you set together, yeah. and their again standards for you, but then also your standards for your parents. Like, yeah. What do you, do you want your parent in the crowd screaming at your games? <laughs> like, do most you enjoy that? Not. Right? I, most I, of yeah, them don't.
0: Yeah, I actually read an article this week, and I, I was going to actually send it to you, and and it, and it talked about how it was a, a Uh, a gentleman who has now grown, he's through sports and what have you, and said my dad was not Mm -hmm. at every game. He said Mm -hmm. every game he could be, Mm -hmm. but he said I I had the perspective that his world did not revolve around Mm -hmm. me. And and I'm thinking, you know, if I would have shared that article, I probably would have got a lot of pushback on a lot of people because, you know what, we've got to be at every game, we've got to be at everything. And what you're showing your kids is that the most important thing is sports, academics, whatever it is, and again, there's a balance there. There's, you got to find the balance. You got to find because the balance. It, it's
1: about celebrating their lives, right? Without finding success or being filled up by what your child does or doesn't do.
0: Exactly. And
1: actually, Brad Steamport just shared something really cool. It's a lot of pressure for a kid to be responsible for their parents' emotions. Wow! Isn't doesn't that just hit you like yeah. a truck? Me and Trev were talking about this again today, and we when we were looking at this weekend, and he had said that what breaks his heart is that when then young adults end up going out off to school yeah, Okay. and then they start asking the question, well, now what? Right. Like that's when the anxiety comes in, the depression comes in they, because they don't know how to socialize. They don't know how to have healthy priorities right? because everything has been through the lens of either their parents or through the lens of staying busy or through the lens of ABC. And, babies, and the parents
0: are managing their schedules.
1: Oh yeah. And then the parents end up asking the question, well, why isn't my kid around? What happened? Yeah. Or why is my kid in church? What happened? Or why is it my why is my kid talking about suicide? What happened? They yeah. were always happy. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. Because we, you know, we're pulling from 13 middle school boys, 13 middle school boys and high school boys. Well, when we asked them, like are you genuinely happy in your sports, in your hobbies, or do you feel like you are under a lot of pressure? Not a single one said that they were genuinely happy. Yeah. That it was pressure, pressure, pressure.
0: It's just no, it's no longer fun. Nope. And and we see that in see through sports. Even I mean, as as young as kindergarten and pre K, oh, yeah. first second grade. I mean, it's uh, these parents even are just crazy. some of the coaches
1: for, for kindergarten <laughs> for kindergarten flag football or basketball. You can, know, just how they treat the refs, how they treat the environment.
0: Can can, they, can we can they just have fun? Right. You know,
1: it, it's almost like having fun has they, come at the Well, and, and again,
0: success is the success for their yes. kids is they've got to be better than everybody else on their team. And that's why it feels like, a, as, as Trevor said in one, that, that first sermon, is that's why they feel like they're in competition with all of their teammates. It's so good. I would rather them start understanding teamwork yep. than being better than anybody else Really on the just team.
1: any of those values. Any you know, of the values that that's that what's going to
0: carry in their life yep. is being able to be a good teammate.
1: Yeah, because if you think about it, not just, again, like, you know, we my mom and I talked to 99.9% of college athletes do not go professional. Right. Division one college athletes. Division okay? one. High school. It's like, you know, what percentage of that? It's like 0.0001% go to division one schools. Right. And compete. And then out of those 99.1 or 99.9% don't go pro. right? So at the end of the day, and even professional athletes, then even though it's a business still have to find joy in their lives. Right. And so at the end of the day, if you can't let your kindergartner
0: <laughs> have fun. And, yeah. And, but here's the thing is that almost everybody is going, well, we're really.
1: We are, but we have 14 viewers right now. <laughs> I mean, we've consistently been Here, at 14. Here's
0: what your kids are going to do. Yeah. They're probably going to get married. Yep. They're probably going to have children. Yep. They're probably going to, you know, they're probably going to have a job. Yep. Why don't we prepare them for that? Then the, the .00001% that they're going to play sports for the rest yep. of their lives. There, yeah. There's a 90-whatever percent chance that they're going to do all these other things. Let's prepare them for yep. life yep. before we prepare them for something that probably is not going to happen. And does
1: your kid even want to do some of those things? Like, does your kid want to be in year-round soccer? Like, have you asked your kid generally, not just like, what's well, what my friends do?
0: There, and, there, and there's two sides to this because there are some kids, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking one yes. in my family right now, yes. that, that the parent would say, oh, but he just loves it. Yes. Yes, he does love that. But you know what? What's good for him is yep. not playing yep. and getting some rest and being able to play in the backyard and go yep. get muddy. Yep. You know, This
1: is another thing that Trevor and I talked about for D-NOW this weekend is it's okay. It is okay to step in as parents and set those healthy boundaries. Absolutely. Actually, in fact, it's not just okay. It's, it, I think it's required. It, it's mandatory. It needs to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Susan Keys started the hashtag Brad 2024. <laughs> okay, here's one other thing for the generational data Regarding parents, this is also going to be a little bit touchy, okay? Parents are too protective of their child's lives, which damages their child's ability to thrive. Yep. And that's what happens. That's what you see happens when they go off to college and they either start struggling with their classes or their homework or keeping a job, wanting to work.
0: They, they have no responsibilities. No responsibilities. Yeah, you know, they, they, they don't know how to set a schedule themselves. They don't know they don't know anything about finances because they haven't had to deal with how it. How
1: bills work.
0: How Exactly.
1: Like, when you go off to live on your own, you, for the first time you realize, wait, utilities are three separate companies? Or yeah. four, depending on how many yeah. you have.
0: They what, don't,
1: why don't they just all combine them? Way back
0: <laughs> in high school. I mean, this is back in, in the old days when we had lanterns, you know, in the classroom. So. <laughs> But I can remember, I mean, I took all college prep courses, you know, what you would call AP courses. You yep, didn't yep. have that name back then. But anyway, yep. all college prep courses. I mean, I was so burnt out by the time. That's one of the reasons I didn't go to college. Um, I, I was so burnt mm-hmm. out by the time I I was a senior. I took a, a throwaway class, one of those that taught you how to balance a checkbook oh. and do money thing. It was yeah. one of those it was the best class I could have ever taken. Mm-hmm. It taught me more about finances mm-hmm. and setting up and things. I thought the then geometry. That, <laughs> the, yeah, you know, I, man, I. Then what an octagon! I use, like? I use algebra two and trig all yeah, the time yeah. oh, now. You know, I bet you,
1: know? you do. Yeah. I bet you do, and I think especially with what we're learning about um, education and school and whatnot, it would be so important for us to get back to some of those class- things that they're going to learn, not just like having a – we're not even gonna get on yeah. to that topic anyway. Yeah. So anyway, but, here's but, how we maybe, wanna
0: But and, and here's transition. one thing that, that Bruce and I didn't get to when we were doing the, the talk on margin is and he said this a long time ago and it just rang so true for me. He said my job for my kids is, is to prepare them yes. to leave. Yes. My job is to prepare Why them, them? <laughs> to leave. That's good so that when they walk out of the house, they can sustain themselves and yep. live in in the world. And, That's good. and I believe we are not doing a very good job of that. Yep. So. And,
1: and the shift happened, I think, again, when the concept of having our lives like this mm-hmm. and where it was all about control, 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 and me, 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 and whatnot, and protect, protect, protect for our child, for our family, for our friends. And it really because it's what my mom and I talked about. It comes down to fear. And
0: and we don't let our kids fail. Right. Oh, that
1: was another thing we we, saw we are
0: always there with the safety net. And yep. if they forget their homework, you know what? Yep you know i'm going to i deliver their homework i deliver mm-hmm. their lunch you know what the kids going to go hungry for lunch if they've got his mm-hmm. lunch bag yeah. sorry
1: and that's part of it too is not even just with like school stuff but like going through different situations like if you're if your son or daughter lies about something we were talking about this you know in a car we have a you know one of our um, my mother-in-law who's a, an educator has a, a parent who will defend their child left and right no matter how in the wrong the child is. <laughs> and Trevor's talked about this, you know, Courtney's frustration, too, yeah. of where you'll have the parent will defend their child. Yes, they lied about A, B, C, and D, or yes, they've been misbehaving, or yes, but they haven't and, done their homework.
0: Here, and here's why. Right. It, well,
1: not even just that, but like, you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed it, to treat them it, that way.
0: It, in my day, if if the teacher called yeah, home, back in your day, oh where, my those gosh, those things are illegal. What you, you did you back know in your day. my my parents, it was <laughs> right, but it then it was even, bad. It was bad enough, for even the from
1: like a even from like a teacher standpoint. Then you got home and your parents dealt with it.
0: Yeah, and and, handled and they it. sided with the teacher, right?
1: And now again, you need to have the balance where you celebrate and defend your child. There needs to be that absolutely. balance, absolutely. But then there also needs to be the balance of accountability. Yep, and and this is just this is any age a respect level of saying, you know what? I care about my kids so much that, like you said, I'm preparing them to leave. I'm preparing them for growth, for thriving,
0: like
1: all that fun stuff. So, hey, here's how we want to transition to end tonight is we want to share. How does God view success? Okay. I found this fascinating. I did not fact check this too much. Okay. Okay. But I found it fascinating. The word success is only used once throughout the entire Bible. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was when I read that. I was kind of shocked about that. Yeah, I, I didn't research it. Either. I in
1: fact, ch- <laughs> I, I fact checked it a little bit. Yeah. Um, where I looked at the top twenty five verses that talked about success, this is the only one that showed up. Took this from a blog, twenty twenty one. Not sure if that's true or not. Don't quote me on it. But here's the verse that the word success actually comes from. It's Joshua 1.8. It says this, keep this book of the law or this Bible always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And so Brad, what is success for God?
0: (laughs) Staying in the guardrails. Yep. And we are going to talk about that this Sunday. Perfect. That's exactly what I'm going to be preaching on this Sunday. I love it. I love
1: it. And so as you're thinking about it, as we're closing... What it looks like from God's point of view, I think, I think it can be so important for us to just say, you know what, God, I'm yours. Yeah. You know, I submit to you. I'm obedient to you. I'm honoring the life you've given and me trusting and he, trusting the he
0: that he has it. Yep. Yeah. It, it's so cool. and it's hard to do. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah.
1: And and that's why I think the word boldness. When I was again thinking about success for me today, I want people to know Jesus and know the love of Jesus. While I was thinking about okay, well, what if I added a third one? I want people to be bold. Yeah, like I want people to take risks. Yeah, we've become such a safe <laughs> yeah. people, comfortable. Just from not just from COVID because it was before COVID yeah. too, but COVID then you know escalated it. things. Yeah. but really every generation has gotten this way in our day and age today of comfortable living yep. safe living yep and god wants us to be bold so yep. hey thank you so much for joining us 14 people all the way through oh what a, thanks for hanging what out what a with great us. conversation thanks for all of you who are commenting throughout the chat whether you're watching live with us or later on on the podcast on spotify or apple music let us know your thoughts throughout the um the video as you watch thanks for joining us uh we will be back live next thursday and here's what we we'll are gonna be talking about you oh ready? i can't wait verses out of context. (laughs) Really? Yep. And so it's not going to be one where like we're going to pull some generational data. What I'm going to look at is we're going to say, hey, what verse kind of was really popular in your generation and then even in my generation? And this came from one of our interns, Michaela, who um, is in the chat right now. Awesome. So we're going to talk about some of the most out of context taken verses next Thursday. Thanks for joining us for Season 3, Episode 10. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks, everybody. See ya.
0: Bye.